This is Steve with Life Worth Living. I'm so excited to talk to you today about the promise of the Holy Spirit. Man, I tell you what, if God promises me something, I want it. I want to see that promise fulfilled in my life. The Holy Spirit is also referred to as a gift. And if God is going to give me something, I want to make sure that I receive it. So part of the uh, the understand that we need to gain is the benefits of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, for instance, he conceives things in us or deposits things in us, such as solutions to problems. We couldn't come up with a solution ourselves, and here comes the Holy Spirit and conceives in us the solution to the problem that we might be facing. The Bible also says that the Holy Spirit hovers over us. Even in the midst of our chaos and our darkness, there's the Holy Spirit hovering over us, protecting us, helping us to grow up in Him, even in spite of our difficulties and troubles. We find that the Holy Spirit teaches us. He mentors us, as would a coach. He reminds us of things that we may have forgotten. He takes over our anxieties and gives us peace. He drives out evil. So, whenever you consider the promise of the Holy Spirit, you have to consider all of these benefits. So I want you to listen in and find out more about the promise of the Holy Spirit. Today we're going to be talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that the gift, uh, first of all, the Holy Spirit is a gift? He's a gift, and it's for every Christian, man or woman, boy or girl, teenager. God's got a gift for you, and if he's got it, don't you want it? Do you want to fall short of what God has for you, or do you want everything that God has for you, including the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit? But first, we need to kind of make sure that we understand we know who the Holy Spirit is. And, and I said that very intentionally, who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is not some f- ambiguous force or power. It's a he. The Holy Spirit is a person, is a person. And we need to interact with the Holy Spirit as a person. Let me give you some scriptures to get, begin to orient us or remind us of who the Holy Spirit is and and how he's a part of God, how he's a part of God and he is God. If you turn to the very first couple of verses in the Bible, you begin to see, I hate to put it this way, but the composition of God, how God is made up. And God is so high, so lofty, so unbelievable, it's hard for us to understand how God is is made up his composition but look in genesis chapter one you can turn right to the very front of your bible and you'll see immediately what i'm talking about but we see the three aspects the three persons of god the godhead one in three right here in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth god created so that we see that aspect of God it goes right into verse 2 now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters there's number two the the second a second aspect of God and number three and then God said 
And here's the third part of God. God said, let there be light, and there was light. If you go into John, the Gospel of John, it says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and, and, and was God. And so here God speaking is the aspect of what we now know is the Son of God, the Word of God. So we have God the Father creating, we have God the Holy Spirit hovering, and we've got God the Word speaking. And then if you go down into verse 26 of of Genesis 1, there we see God says, let us make mankind into our image in our likeness, a plurality there, but yet we realize there's one God, right? Three persons, one God. What do we call that? The Trinity. Do you have you ever been able to find in the Bible the word Trinity? No, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but the concept of the Trinity is through and through and through the Bible. It's there. The concept of the Godhead, three in one, God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit. And we're here to talk about the promise of the Holy Spirit, that that part of God that's with us right now, that part of God, his presence surrounding us and his presence in us. Isn't that awesome? Now, many people would go out, religions go out and begin to believe, make you believe, hey, you can become a God someday. You will be divine someday. No, we're not going to be divine, but we have divinity in us. We can become God-like in that we uh, take on God's characteristics of love, of faith, of perseverance, of hope, of power. Amen? We can have God-like characteristics, but I'm so thankful I'll never be God. I'm relieved. I wouldn't want to be God. (laughs) There's too many problems with having that kind of a responsibility on our shoulders, but I can have God, the Holy Spirit in my life, and I want God's promise, his Holy Spirit poured out on top of me, in me, coming out of me, all around me. I want the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here we see the concept of this, the, the Trinity once again in Matthew 3, 16 and 17. It's soon, it's Matthew, not John 3, 16, Matthew 3, 16 and 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, there's the son being baptized in the water. He came up out of the water at that moment. The heavens opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him or landing on him. So here's the son, here's the spirit, and then a voice from heaven saying, this is my son whom I love with him I am well pleased. In that statement, it makes very clear Jesus is the son and here's the father speaking. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the promise of the Spirit, but we have to see the context of the whole picture. But then in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and you can kind of jot this down. You'll be getting this in your text this week. It says, um, Moses says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's not multiple gods. There's one God, 
three persons, very tough to comprehend. I would almost say impossible to comprehend for my little puny mind. But God is God. God is who he says he is. And I want to take that at face value. I'm not going to try to water it down. Some people say, well, it's kind of like, you know, like water. Water can be frozen. Water can be vapor. And water can be a liquid. That's, that's kind of how God is. That's a terrible example. That's a terrible example. God is who he says he is in three persons, and I get to know all three parts of God. <laughs> Amen? The Trinity, the holy, holy Trinity of God. So as we think about the promise of the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of, of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do? Let's look at these things. Some, a sampling of some of the things the Holy Spirit does. And what this is meant to do, this is meant to pique your curiosity. To say, God, I want to know more about the Holy Spirit. I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want to see what he does. I want to know him better. I want to know him better. And so Matthew 1, 18 through 20, and these are flashing up behind me. Um, in Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 20, look at this. This is Mary, all right? We remember the story from the Christmas story of Mary. Um, she's pledged uh, to be married to Joseph, and this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, in other words, before they were married, before they were, came into union with one another, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Wow. That's controversial. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could come up with all kinds of crazy thoughts, and people have, as a result of this statement, through the Holy Spirit, she became pregnant. Because um, Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quick, quietly. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived, look at this word, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into your heart and he begins to conceive things. Things that weren't there before all of a sudden are there. Little seeds Sometimes they're big things, but God begins, the Holy Spirit begins to deposit things in your life, to conceive things that weren't there before. And you know, you know the history of your life. When I was before, I'm making stuff up, before I was 30, that thing wasn't in my life. And then the Holy Spirit came and conceived something in my life, and it's there today. What does he conceive in your life? Well, he conceives the, the desperate, the things we're desperate for. He conceives hope in your life. He conceives encouragement in your life. He conceives love in your life. You couldn't love before, and all of a sudden you can love someone who is unlovable to you before. He conceives these things. He, he, he puts that into you where, where it's, it's going to sound strange. You become spiritually pregnant with something. 
with love and all of a sudden you begin to give birth to love and you love everybody like you never loved them before. That's what the Holy Spirit does. What other kinds of things does he conceive? He conceives solutions in you. You might have a problem. You're looking at the problem. You're saying, I'm never going to figure this one out. And the Holy Spirit comes and says, I have a solution for you. And he puts that solution in you. And all of a sudden, you're able through the wisdom of God, through, the, through what's conceived by the Holy Spirit, you're able to solve that problem. Oh, I could give you all kinds of examples of how the Holy Spirit conceives. That's why we wait on the Holy Spirit for him to deposit something into our lives so we can move forward onward and upward. The Holy Spirit conceives in, in, in us answers, solutions, joy, peace, healing. Did you know the Holy Spirit can conceive healing for your body? healing for your mind that's why we wait on the holy spirit open ourselves up and say god come drop something into my heart deposit something into my heart first corinthians 2 9 for those humanists out there that says i don't need god i i have the answers inside of me if they're not inside of me i'll go find them for myself listen to this in first corinthians 2 9 it says however it is written what no eye have seen, no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived. You can't conceive of certain things by yourself. It's too, there's things too big, too hard, too difficult. Your mind can't conceive them. Those things God has prepared for those whom lo who love him. Praise God, the Holy Spirit will come drop stuff in your heart. You couldn't have never come up with yourself by yourself on your own. Well, let's read on. What else did the Holy Spirit do? The promise of the Holy Spirit. Genesis 1-2, we've already read, but I'm going to slow down and read this a little bit more carefully. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. How many times has your life been dark, pitch dark, chaotic, formless, Nothing good to speak of. And the Holy Spirit turned out he was hovering over you the whole time. He was, what does this word hovering mean? It's, it's to brood. It's like a, a mother hen coming over her little, little chicklets, if you will, and hovering over them, protecting them breathing life into them, maturing them, seeing them grow up. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. You want the promise of the Holy Spirit hovering over you, protecting you, breathing new life into you, maturing you, getting you to where you grow up spiritually the way that he wants you to be. Praise God. That's another thing the Holy Spirit does. Matthew 3.11 John the, uh, John the Baptist was speaking of Jesus. He says, I baptize you, speaking to a crowd there by the Jordan River. And he said, I, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one more powerful whose sandals I'm not even worthy to, to, to carry. He says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, I don't know about you, whenever I start talking about fire, I get a little freaked out. I don't want fire, right? That burns. But no, that's, this is not what that's talking about. This is saying the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to put passion and purpose into your life like you've never had it before. That's what it means to be baptized with fire. I'll tell you what, if you want something in your life, it's passion. 
It's a purpose. It's something that gets you up in the morning instead of hiding your your head under your pillow and saying, oh, I don't want to face the world anymore. You throw that pillow off. You throw those covers off. You brush your teeth. You say, I'm going after my purpose in life. I can't wait to get up tomorrow morning and do what God you know, created me to do. You want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because you want passion. You want purpose. And when you have passion, all of a sudden fear doesn't matter anymore. You know, shyness doesn't matter anymore. You got something to live for. You want the Holy Spirit. You want the promise of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Well, when you talk about being baptized in something, you're talking about being saturated, covered. I don't know about you. I like to know that God is near. I want to feel God. <laughs> I want to sense his presence. Uh, that's very important to human beings. We don't want just head knowledge. We want we want sensation. He's given us those five senses, all right? And there's a sixth sense that's your spiritual sense. You know God is near you. You sense his presence. Well, God wants you to sense his presence every day of your life. You want to be baptized in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know he's with you. Praise God. Well, let's look on. What else does the Holy Spirit do? In Matthew 12, verse 28, it says, But if by the Spirit of God I drive out demons, then the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Who drives out evil out of people's life, out of my life? The Holy Spirit does. Not, not some holy person sprinkling holy water on me or praying a powerful prayer the holy spirit himself drives evil out of people's lives just drives it right out of them amen i can't do that but the holy spirit can that's why in romans 8 13 it says but if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the flesh evil is driven out of people by the breath of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, I want the power, the promise. I want the promise of the Holy Spirit in my life. Let him use me to drive evil out of other people, out of, first out of me, and then out of other people. Let him drive that evil out of people. Praise God. You know, um, if, if evil were this this rainforest have you ever seen these movies or documentaries where the guy has a machete and he's just cutting through the underbrush of some amazon you know uh uh rainforest and man that shoulder gets tired he's been hacking for hours he's gone maybe 15 feet you know what the holy spirit's like is like a bulldozer he gets out in front of you and he starts just knocking down and i'm not for knocking down rainforest so if anybody's offended by what i'm not talking about that but he gets out in front of you and starts driving evil in front of you and you just get right behind him just trudge right by easy as can be that's what the holy spirit does he drives out evil in front of you so you just walk right, right behind him in a nice easy pace in fact you can just get into the bulldozer and not even walk let him take you through whatever evil needs to be driven out amen if a, if a neighbor is constantly i won't mention any names here but constantly playing music banging hacking doing all kinds of stuff let the holy spirit take care of it for you let the take let let the holy spirit take care of it for you luke 10 what else is the holy spirit the promise of the holy spirit do luke 10 21 
that time Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, but have revealed them to little children. The Holy Spirit reveals things to us. He shows us things. The things that you couldn't comprehend, you didn't get, they bugged you. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit lets the light bulb go on and you get it. You get it. And I could give you hundreds of examples, but I know for the longest time, I, could, I didn't feel like I could trust God. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I was a you know, Christian. I loved the Lord. But I honest in my heart of hearts did not feel like I could really trust God. I had seen too many things. I had heard too many things. Just didn't feel like. But you know what? One day the Holy Spirit revealed to me, you can trust me. I am a trustworthy God. You can trust me. And furthermore, when you trust me, you can rest. And I've been learning that. I can just rest, even in spite of trouble, difficulty. I have my bad days. I'm not perfect. But you know what? I'm learning more and more. I can trust God. Well, the Holy Spirit revealed that to me. The promised Holy Spirit revealed that truth to me. And boy, it's been good ever since. When you can trust God, that is a, a good place to be. The Holy Spirit reveals those things to you. Let's look at John 14, verses 25. You see we're scattered all over the place. I'm sorry, guys. We're going we're gonna, to uh, get into one place briefly where we'll stay, but not for very long. But John 14, verses 25 through 27, he said, All this I have spoken while I was with you. This is Jesus speaking. All of this I have spoken while I was with you, but the Advocate... The Holy Spirit, see Jesus starts talking about the Spirit of God. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give, uh, give to you as the world gives. In other words, I don't give it and then take it back. I give it to you for you to keep it. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. That's a mouthful of, what, three verses right there. A mouthful. Let's look at them carefully. What does the Holy Spirit do? First of all, he's an advocate. What is an advocate? Well, if you, were, if you committed a crime and you were assigned a public defender or maybe you had enough money to go out and get your own attorney, that attorney goes in on your behalf and he or she only cares about you and getting you your case absolved so you don't have to worry about stuff anymore. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He's your defense attorney, but here's the thing, crazy thing. He's never lost a case before. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has never lost a case before. You know, he's, uh, I would say, you know, he's, he was the defend. you know, he defended Michael Jackson. He defended, no, no, no. He's defended those people who, you know, he's never lost a case before and he's standing on your side. And you don't have to pay him a penny. Hey, that's the best defense attorney in the world. And, and he defends you. He protects you. He covers you just like we talked about. He comes over you. You don't have a care in the world. That's why the Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in his power. Because he's covered you. He's, he's defending you. Here's another one. Uh, he's your advocate. He teaches you all things. I've said this one before. 
I love the thought of a mentor. I love the thought of having somebody coach me and show me and, and I can pick up the phone and say, hey, how would you handle this kind of situation? What do you think I'm doing wrong over here? I love mentorship. Mentorship is the neatest thing in the world. In the workplace, when you have a mentor, you're going to go a long ways farther than other people because that mentor is coaching you. They're helping you. Well, the Holy Spirit teaches you. The Holy Spirit's your coach. The Holy Spirit is your mentor. You can stop and ask him any question about any situation and he'll tell you what to do. And here's the good thing about the Holy Spirit. Even when you don't ask him, he's going to tell you what to do too. <laughs> he's a real live coach. He's a real live mentor. He's with you day and night. You can, you can talk to him in the middle of the night. You don't have to wait for the morning when he wakes up. He's, he's with you and awake day and night. I praise God. He, my God never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's always there. He's always available. Here's the next thing. He mentors you. Here's the next thing. It says he reminds you. Now, I'll tell you what. I have, I have a very poor memory. And I like, to, I like to try to remember things. But I've come to grips with this. I'm not going to remember it all. So I'm going to rely on the Holy Spirit to remind me. I'm going to take a chill pill. I'm going to relax a little bit. I'm going to say, all right, God, I can't remember what I'm supposed to do here. I know you've told me a thousand times. He reminds you. He reminds you what an awesome, I mean, if you could pay for this stuff, people would pay millions of dollars to have something like this. Here we have it. He's the God of the universe. He's with you. He's in you. He's around you. He's the promise of the Holy Spirit available to you with advice that will never fail. <laughs> Best advice in the world. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus equates the Holy Spirit to peace. He equates the Holy Spirit to peace. When you say, I want to promise the Holy Spirit, you're saying, I want peace in my life for crying out loud. And it's not a peace that's going to be taken from you. He didn't give it to you like the world gives. He gives it to you for you to have forever and ever and ever. Amen. You can have peace the rest of your life. That's why I think it's in Colossians. He says, uh, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let it. Let it, the peace of God. I leave you my peace. I give you my peace. And then he ends up by saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. And here's something that I've been learning lately. Listen carefully to this. I've memorized where this is at. I already memorized the verse. But do you guys have trouble remembering? Is that Matthew? Is that in Peter? Is that in Revelations? I'm trying to really begin to get where these scriptures are at. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares on me. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And if you really, really do this, it works. It works. I did it this week. I had five, six cares, five, six anxieties, worries. I went on a walk and I started I hate to put it this way, like a pack mule. Like I'm carrying all this stuff. Here's this pack mule beside me. I hate to, to make it sound this way, but you have to visualize things. And I took this one care and I threw it on top of the, the, the mule. <laughs> and then I took the next thing. And I, I tell you what, I came out of that prayer time feeling like a million bucks. No cares, no anxieties, no nothing. And I left it with the Holy Spirit. He says, cast all your cares on me because he cares for you. That's why it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. When you're talking about the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to have a trouble in your life. 
You don't have to have a care in your life. You cast it all on him because he cares for you. Do not be afraid. Here's, and it's not the last thing, but it's the last thing we'll cover today. Here's the last thing uh, that I'm going to mention today that the Holy Spirit does, the promise of the Holy Spirit. John 15, 26 says, but when the advocate comes, remember the advocate, the defender? He says, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Now, that may not mean much to you, or maybe it means a lot to you, but I want to put it into perspective. We are plagued with lies in our minds, plagued with lies, lies that we're not good enough, lies that we've failed too much, lies that we're not going to be healed, lies that we're going to end up in the poorhouse, that we're not going to have enough food to put on the table, lies that we're going to lose our job, our security, lie, 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 lie. What if you could have the spirit of truth constantly combating those lies in your mind? Wouldn't that be incredible? Well, it is incredible. And it's truth. And it's available to you right now to have the spirit of truth uh, obliterating, uh, pulverizing those lies that are constantly hitting you all the time and trying to make you believe that lies are true. But here's the Spirit of God coming in saying, if you think you're not good enough, you know what? My Son has made you good enough. It's not about what you've done. It's what about Jesus did for you. And if it's about your sickness, I'm never going to get better. No, the truth is I am the God who heals all your diseases. If you're battling with mental illness and you think this is never going to end, Jesus says, I'm going to put an end to this. You're going to be delivered and you're going to live in peace and a healthy mind the rest of your life. How's that for the spirit of truth? Amen? The spirit of truth, the promise of the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you what, I, I, get ex I want the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want the promise of the, I want the gift, the promise of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so here's, uh, here's this, so, this is so neat. <laughs> I'll tell you what, my, my dad on a Wednesday night, this was two or three Wednesday nights ago, before we started, he started humming a tune on the phone. I could hear him humming a tune and then he started singing it. And here's what he, I'm not going to sing. All right, if you think I'm going to sing for you, you are sadly mistaken. But here's the words, Jesse, that he sang, all right? <laughs> Jesse's putting his, he, like, I'm going to really do it, Jesse. You're, you got another thing coming, man. <laughs> but here's the words that he sang, and it was the first song that we sang today. We might even get him to sing it again, all right? But listen to this song. It says, he will fill your heart today to overflowing. As the Lord commandeth you, bring your vessels, not a few. He will fill your heart today to overflowing with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now, in the King James Version, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Holy Ghost, just so everybody's clear. We're talking about the same person, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. He will fill your heart to overflowing. Wow! I want the promise of the Holy Spirit filling me to overflowing with truth, with, with peace, with power, with I want it all, don't you? I want the gift of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Well, let's look at this. Where did this, this, this refrain right here that says, bring your vessels, not a few, where does that come from? Well, it comes from a story in the Bible, and it's in 2 Kings 4. 2 Kings 4, 
where um, there, was this, there was this prophet named Elisha. A prophet named Elisha. Now, there's a prophet of Elijah, and then after him came this prophet named Elisha. And I always tend to get him confused, but this was Elisha. And there was, uh, there was a wife of a man from a company of prophets. So let's just put it into the modern-day perspective. There's, all these, there's a company of pastors, pastors of churches, let's say. And one of those pastors died, and he had a wife. And this wife came to Elisha, the head prophet or the head pastor, if you will. She came to him. She said, my, your servant, my husband is dead. In other words, my husband is dead. You know that he revered the Lord, but his creditors are coming to take my two boys as slaves. What had happened, they didn't have credit cards that back then, but apparently he had gotten pretty free with getting credit for this, that, and the other. Maybe it was for their little house or maybe for, for their cart who knows what it was he was in debt he died and now the bank was coming to take not the, not to take the stuff but to take her sons i mean this is this is bad news this is terrible stuff and so um she she i love these words she cried out to elisha let me tell you what there's never been a single solitary time in all of history when someone cried out to god and god didn't answer not one time in all of history has God ever ignored a sincere cry to him for help. When you cry out to God, he listens and he answers. All right? So Elisha replied to you, how can I help you? And I believe that's how he said it. How can I help you? All right? And then he said, tell me, what do you have in your house? And your servant, she answered, she, she said, I have nothing at all. I have nothing at all. And then she said, wait, I do have one thing. I have a little jar of oil. I have a little jar of oil, but that's it. Now I want to pause here and remind you what I told you last Sunday or maybe Sunday before last. When you talk about oil in the, whole, in, in the, in the Bible, you're talking about the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a direct connection, a direct correlation of the anointing of the Holy Spirit and that being uh, visualized through the, through the topic of oil. So she was saying, I have nothing, but you know what? I have in my life a little bit of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> my life has some of the Holy Spirit. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. My life is small. I don't have much of anything else. I'm insignificant. I have problems all around, but I have the Holy Spirit in my life. I have the Holy Spirit in my life. And so... Uh, Elisha says to her, go, uh, go around, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Remember that song we were just saying? Bring your vessels, but not a few. Bring them all. Bring it all in. Bring in the loved ones. Every morning when you wake up, you say, God, I have sons i have daughters i have grandchildren that don't know you i bring in my vessels not just a few of them i bring all of them in jesus fill my family with the holy spirit i lord i bring my neighbors i bring my co-workers i bring my friends lord i bring them all in i bring my vessels all empty vessels not a few all of them amen and so, and then in verse 4, then, um, then go inside after you've collected all these jars, all these vessels, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars as each is filled, p- 
put it to one side. <laughs> the same Holy Spirit that's filling you wants to fill everybody you know. Don't you doubt that for a second. And he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to go and fill those loved ones. Fill those ones that you know. Bring them in every morning in prayer and say, God, fill them. Fill them as you filled me. Amen. Don't you for a second doubt it. Man, Sister Maggie was telling me a story. I won't go into the details. Answered prayer. Powerful answered prayer. Why? She remains faithful, bringing the empty vessels before the Lord and saying, here, fill them. Fill them. Amen. So she left him. She shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her. She kept pouring that little jar just kept whoa, magically filling the next one. It's still full. That's how the Holy Spirit is. When you pour what you have into someone else, God's just going to keep refilling you. In fact, he'll refill you faster than you can blink an eye. You go pour yourself out for others. He's going to fill you and fill you and fill you. And so they brought in their jars that kept pouring. While all, um, When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. <laughs> That's what happens, man. When you see God at work, you say, keep, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Well, her son said, uh, there, there's not a jar left in town. I've gone to every single neighbor. I've pulled everything else. And the oil stopped flowing. Let me tell you what. The Holy Spirit's not going to stop flowing until he's filled every jar. He's not going to run out. He's going to keep going. He's not going to stop. So you and I, we shouldn't stop either. We shouldn't stop either. We should continue to persevere. She went in and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on, on, on the rest. And there's so many good lessons in there. I have notes and notes in my journal that don't apply to this. I wish I could share, with, share them with you. But read this story and get it for yourself. Build your faith in the way that God operates. God, God has unlimited resources for you, all right? So stop looking at what you don't have and start looking to what God does have. But we're talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. So who does the Holy Spirit fill? He fills empty people. So instead of counting somebody off or counting yourself off because you don't have anything, you're the perfect candidate. They're the perfect candidate to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you look at him and say, God, they're so empty. They're so pitiful. They're so poor, spiritually bankrupt. God says, that's the person I want to fill. That's who I'm looking for. I, was, I remember walking up the street, my street just thinking, oh, my word. I started thinking after person after person. That's who God wants to fill. So bring them in. Bring them in. Let God fill them. Let me read you some of these verses out of this, this song. Not... Bible verses, but out of the song I was telling you. Are you longing for fullness? I hope you are. Of the blessing of the Lord in your heart and in, in your life today, claim the promise of your Father. Come according to his word in the blessed old time way. Uh, an, another verse from this song. Bring your empty earthen vessels. Boy, that just elicits such a picture like a clay pot. I look at me, I'm not a silver pot, I'm not a gold pot, I'm not a nothing, I'm just a plain old, you know, clay pot. It says, bring your empty earthen vessels. Bring your life as routine and mundane and boring and pitiful as we are and say, God, fill my life. 
Amen. Clean through Jesus' precious blood. Come, ye needy, one and all. And in human consecration, wait before the throne of God till the Holy Ghost shall fall. Wait before the Lord until you're just filled up. Wait before the Lord. Um, like the cruise of oil unfailing is his grace forevermore, his love unchanging still, and according to his promise, with a Holy Ghost in power, he will every, he will every vessel fill. Man, God's going to fill. The Bible said, we're going to get into this the next couple of Sundays. He's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. He's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your own old men will dream dreams. Get ready. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Jesus never expected to, for us to live as Christians without the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Never did he. So we need to wait on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll finish up with this. We're, we're done with exception of one verse here. Luke 11, verses 11 through 13. Which of your fathers, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Can you imagine how evil that would be? You know, daddy, daddy, can you give me some French toast? And you throw a rattlesnake in his face. I mean, that's what, that's how ridiculous this sounds, all right? Um, or if he asks for an egg, you will give him a scorpion. Well, we live in the Southwest. Here, do you want a little fried egg and toast? Here's a scorpion on a plate. I mean, that's how ridiculous this sounds, all right? What father would do that? I've never heard of the worst of dads ever doing something like that. If you then, even though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your, your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So this week... Look to your Father. Look to God the Father and say, Give me the promise of the Holy Spirit. Fill me with all these things that we talked about on Sunday. I, Lord, I want everything that you have for me. I don't want to leave anything on the table. Appropriate. That means take. If the, if the Father extends his hand to give you something, reach your hand out and take it. Take it from him. And this is the picture that I got uh, you know, I've always pictured, oh, man, I'll tell you what, I don't know where I got this from, but the agonizing, get down on your knees and spend hours in prayer, fasting and asking and pleading. No, that's not how it works. Jesus picks you up in one hand, your empty glass, and in the other hand is the jar of the Holy Spirit, and he just pours it right into you. You don't have to fight for the Holy Spirit. You don't need to beg and plead. And wear your knees thin. Just ask. Just ask. It's that simple. Receive the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, it may not come all gushing out at one, one time in your life. But every day he wants to fill you. He wants to fill you. He wants to fill you. I tell you what, that's what God, that's what God wants. Is, is he, he, he takes pleasure in knowing that we expect him to be loving and kind. He takes pleasure in that. That's what he wants. It's not your effort. It's his gift. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Heavenly Father. God, for this good word from you. Not from me. Lord, this is a word from you. We thank you, God, for the promise of the Holy Spirit. We've received some level of orientation this morning of, of who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, how he operates. Lord, what Holy Spirit, what your desires are for us. Thank you. 
Holy Spirit, come fill us. Oh, to overflowing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Overflowing with the Holy Spirit, with the joy, the peace, the, the passion, the purpose that the Holy, Spring, the Holy Spirit brings to our lives. Lord, we open ourselves to you. And this week, I pray that we would spend time simply waiting, enjoyably waiting before the, the, the throne of God and saying, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to enjoy. We talked about this a little bit last week, but just enjoying waiting on God. Thank you, Lord. You want to give us the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's a gift that you want to give to each and every person, Lord, who's opened their hearts to Jesus to walk in the door of their lives. Lord, you bring with you the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to have the, the gift given to us, Lord of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, for it.